Hello and welcome to the In The Loop podcast with Circle. Circle stands for Center for International Relations and Cultural Leadership Exchange at the University of Washington. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Anujin and I'm a program assistant at Circle. Circle is a new department on campus that supports international students, connects international and domestic communities, as well as fostering a global Husky community at the university. The In The Loop podcast explores different topics each week, highlighting student voices and experiences, as well as providing information on UW resources available to students. The topic for this week is how to talk to faculty member part two. Today we have Dr. Megan Kahlo, the senior lecturer and director of interdisciplinary writing program for the Department of Writing. Some of the courses she taught recently includes English 296, Critical Literacy and Natural Science, English 199, Interdisciplinary Writing Natural Science. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for joining us today, Dr. Callow. Um, starting off, can you tell a little bit about yourself and your role at the University of Washington? Sure, thank you so much for having me. My name is Megan Callow and I am an associate teaching professor in the English department. Um, and I also direct the interdisciplinary writing program. In our program, we offer small uh, writing seminars that are linked with uh, large lecture courses across the university, ranging from biology to art history to philosophy to American Indian studies, you name it. And we provide um, uh, disciplinary or discipline specific writing courses. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I was wondering what are some interesting classes you have teached before in your disciplinary writing program? So I, I, I teach mostly science writing. So for the past five years that I've been um, on the faculty here, I have been teaching writing courses linked with Biology 180. Um, Bio 180 is the first uh, of the, of the um, sequence of courses that a lot of science majors have to take. Did you have to take 180 yourself? Yes, I have taken biology 180 before. In addition, I've taken English 199, which is a class that goes along with bio 180. And it's a class on writing with natural science. And I absolutely love that class. Oh, I love to hear it. Music to my ears. Who is your teacher? My professor for English 199 was actually Professor Shane Peterson. Peterson. Oh, Shane. Yeah, he was amazing. Wonderful. I'm so glad. That's great. Well, you can, you can uh, testify for your listeners. Come sign up for an IWP course sometime. <laughs> of course, absolutely. Um, coming up with our next question. Spring 2020 was a different quarter. What are some of the challenges or opportunities that you noticed from your colleagues during spring 2020? Yeah, it really was a tough quarter, wasn't it? Um, I think there was so much confusion for all of us, just so much uncertainty. And 
you know, life hasn't gotten any easier. <laughs> it continues to remain difficult. And I think autumn will have a lot of challenges too. But I think what was unique about spring was just that really nobody knew kind of what was happening or what was going to happen. Um, and so my colleagues and I, we were really just trying to figure out kind of on the ground in real time, how to design and implement online classes that were as effective and supportive uh, for students as possible. I think our, our particular issues were creating community um, and connection with students online, um, help, you know, supporting them as they navigated just <laughs> many different crises, um, global and national crises. Um, and trying to kind of balance personal support with academic support. Thank you for the response. It is very interesting to, you know, hear from the other perspective, from the other side, from professor's side, that is what is, you know, what they're doing to help the students behind those, you know, lecture Zoom meetings or it's very interesting. And thank you for, um, giving a little bit more insight on that. So continuing off with our next question, uh, research shows that reaching out to professors is very important to success in online learning, especially. Uh, what is your advice to students about connecting with their professors? Is there any tips on email etiquette when contacting, uh, for example, using UW email? Uh, how would you like the students to address you when they're emailing? So, some suggestions I have. Well, I want to go back to what you were saying about he hearing about it from the professor side, because it really is, it's so true that when you're teaching and learning online, it's really hard. You don't have the same kind of face-to-face -face interaction that you're, that you normally have in a regular classroom. You can't kind of communicate using body language and facial expressions. So it's just such a different experience. Um, and I'm sure that instructors um, don't always get it right, you know, in reaching out to their students and connecting with their students. And, and often I imagine students feel like their teachers don't care or are um, too busy and, you know, it could be intimidating, I'm sure, to students. Um, so I really would encourage students um, to reach out and connect with their professors as, as best they can. Um, it's really important both in the short term and in the long term. Um, in the short term, it helps build class community, which has direct ramifications, not just for the students, you know, participation grade, um, but also because if they feel connected, um, then they'll be more invested in the course. And um, on top of that, the professor will perceive that the student is putting in kind of greater effort and participation. Um, but I also, you know, I have students who come to me every quarter asking me to write them letters of recommendation, and um, it's really, really hard for me to do that if they never made the effort to form some kind of relationship with me during the quarter. Um, you know, if they never come to office hours or never um, attempt to connect with me, it's almost impossible to serve as a reference for them in their later endeavors like grad school or a job or something like that. Um, 
it could be harder though, you know, so I, I add a caveat there that this, this quarter and this year, it just, it might be difficult, more difficult than usual to create the kinds of connections that we normally create in a face-to-face learning environment. So I would just encourage students to just be open to the possibility that, you know, you may not have the same exact kinds of relationships with your professors. Um, and that's okay. You know, we're all, this is a really abnormal time. Um, and just getting through as best you can is, is what we should all do. Um, but did you want me to address some of these other tips on how and in what ways to contact professors? Yeah, thank you. That would be great. Great. So, so some suggestions I would have, some practical tips about the best way to con- contact your professor is, um, first off, I would just really be sure to check out the instructor's own policies. So some suggestions I would have for the best practices for getting in touch with professors is, first off, I would recommend that in, that students really carefully check any of the course's policies on communication. So um, sometimes, or ideally, in a course syllabus, the instructor will say how they would like their students to get in touch. So, you know, some professors say, I only want you to email me through Canvas. Other professors will say, you know, please send it to my UW email because then um, otherwise I won't get it, you know. So just really be sure to keep track of your instructor's preferences. Um, Thank you for sharing such important tips on connecting with your professors to our students who are also incoming freshmen. Um, Building on the same question, I was wondering, do you have any suggestions for students who are intimidated by contacting professors or connecting with them? This coming off from personal experience because as a freshman, when I was freshman, I was really nervous to reach out to professors most of the time. I was intimidated by them. I had this whole image of them being authority figures who are hard to connect. I felt dumb to ask questions. But now as a third year student, I realized that was such a wrong um, thinking. A lot of the professors are really um, easy to connect and really there to help for me and I would love to get to know my professors now. So I was wondering what would you suggest to um, new incoming freshmen especially who are intimidated from their professors? That's really interesting and good for you for developing more confidence in that area. I mean it's only to your benefit and it's so much more satisfying isn't it when you feel like you can have more of a friendly relationship with your professors? Yeah, absolutely. Because I have a research professor right now and he helps me with my research and he really focused during research meetings or during research, you know. But outside the research, when um, we have like a group meeting, He's very approachable, very wise, and helps me with like, talks about really things outside the box. And it really shocks my mind how 
professors are actually people too and they are not as intimidating and more like colleague like um, people. <laughs> That's great. I'm so glad to hear it. Yeah, you know, I mean, teachers are people too and they, um, they appreciate it when people are nice and um, polite and respectful. Something that's occurring to me too is I think that um, depending on the culture you come from, there's there's um, different perceptions about kind of the hierarchy, you know, at an at a mm -hmm. educational institution. So, um, I I believe that in certain cultures, the professor is like an absolute authority figure, um, and you can't. Um, question them or confront them or debate them on anything like their word is law um, mm -hmm. and I would encourage students coming from those kinds of cultural traditions to know that in the United States and particularly in Seattle um, I think professors themselves want to break down those hierarchies you know they're trying to professionalize their students, they're trying to empower their students, um, and by and large, they encourage their students to um, connect with them as, as you described, like as a fellow um, colleague. It can also be intimidating because professors are often, like all of us, just really slammed um, and just overwhelmed with work, and sometimes they can come across um, like they don't welcome communication from students and uh, students sh shouldn't feel alone in that regard. I sometimes feel like my emails to, you know, fellow professors are not welcome. Um, also, some professors don't have the best email etiquette themselves, you know, here I am encouraging students to kind of have good etiquette um, via email or Zoom or however they communicate, but I think a lot of other professors could take um, tips uh, in terms of like how they respond to each other and to their students. Um, so I mentioned, you know, read the course's communication policy. And once they're, um, once they've done that, hopefully they feel more comfortable reaching out if they know they're doing it kind of within the guidelines of the course. And also maybe sometimes you have to bear in mind like the size of the course. Like if a student is taking uh, a 700 person lecture, you know, biology 180 has often hundreds and hundreds of students, for example, um, you may not be able to connect um, as thoroughly with your professor, but you're, you do have a TA. So maybe, you know, that's who you'll be um, in contact with. I, on the other hand, teach writing courses that are capped at 21 students. So I really like it when my students email me. And especially in an online um, setting, I'm concerned that I may not be able to get to know my students as well. Um, you know, every professor is always nervous about like learning their students' names every quarter. And I take pride in getting to know my students as people. Um, and I'm, I hope I can do it as well as I usually do in an online environment. So, so little things like, you know, having a signature line, 
um, making sure that they have photos in their email um, email line profiles. Like I noticed you have one. Um, and so it's nice to be able to put a face to, to a name like that. And also just like being as personable as possible. I mean, keep it short and to the point, but in emails or in discussion forums or anything, or in office hours, um, I encourage students to show up in office hours if there's like drop-in office hours in Zoom. Um, all of those things enable uh, professors to get to know their students better and put a face to a name, you know, in, in online learning environment. And I think it will just make everybody more comfortable. Oh, the other thing I would really recommend, um, if possible, is turn, turn your camera on in Zoom. Um, I've heard stories from instructors saying that none of their students had cameras on during class discussions. And it was like just having a conversation with 20 black boxes, you know, on their computer screen. And that, you know, it might make the student feel a little bit more comfortable, a little less vulnerable. But I think the research shows that true learning, the best learning happens in spaces of discomfort, you know, when we are feeling a little vulnerable and when we're exposing ourselves. So um, I just want to assure students, um, particularly those who feel like um, teachers are kind of unapproachable authority figures, that push yourself, you know, push yourself a little bit to, to go outside your comfort zone. Does that answer your question? Yeah, thank you. You did answer my question. And I would like to admit that I was one of those students who showed up in Zoom and did not open my camera at all. The whole lectures it took me a while to realize that, you know, because before I just thought, you know, it's more comfortable. Why show my face when I had just woke up and still have my pajamas? You know, <laughs> so, <laughs> it's true. And let me add too that there's plenty of reasons, um, totally justifiable reasons to turn off your camera. You know, if the only place you can sit is on your bed and you don't want people to see you on your bed, then maybe you need to turn it off. Or if your bandwidth is not great, you know, there's all kinds of understandable reasons. Um, so just want to add that in there too. Of course, absolutely. And like I mentioned before, it did take me a while to um, learn the importance of, of turning on my microphone and my camera being, which helping me put my mind on the learning mindset and be more a little bit, bit more focused because my TA is looking at me and I'm able to ask any question anytime more profoundly by making those small connections, face-to-face -face connection even though it's a remote learning. That's really good. Well, I'm glad you're taking it uh, upon yourself to experiment with that and seeing the benefits. Thank you. And I really do hope that incoming new freshmen and our current students do hear the suggestion from our Dr. Callow and me and maybe you know consider turning on your camera when learning or when communicating with your professors or ta because it really does help and um, our next question for you dr callow is that what are some tips for students who are you know looking for help for their writing assignment um, maybe looking to um, better their writing 
before they email the TA or professor for help? Is there any writing resources or is there any way students can improve their writing with um, other help than TA and pr professor? Absolutely. So as, as for course specific resources, I'm sure that most instructors would say the first thing any student should do who wants writing support is consult the syllabus and see if the instructor has addressed the issue there. Some instructors might welcome students to approach them with questions about writing um, and some might prefer students to take their writing issues to a TA or to a campus writing center such as CLU, um, which is a drop-in writing or drop-in tutoring center that also has writing support there or to the OWRC um, which is offering online services this uh, quarter. In many cases the instructor will not be able to provide one-on-one -on -one support for students particularly in a you know a very large class but he or she may be willing to support you know maybe a student-run peer review group so if a student uh, had concerns about writing um, they might get in touch with their professor and say something like, hey, I'm interested in creating a group, um, you know, of students who would like to get together and, and share feedback on each other's writing assignments. Would you be willing to create some kind of forum or other kind of um, space on Canvas or elsewhere for us to launch something like that? I'm sure that every instructor would just be so thrilled to do that um, for their students. One thing that's really important is a, is a clear rubric, and this is the instructor's responsibility. So if an instructor is, is assigning and grading a piece of writing, then it is really incumbent upon them to show in advance what the criteria are by which those students will be assessed. So um, if an instructor doesn't provide any rubric with specific transparent criteria, then I would definitely encourage students to ask for one. And I, I can bet this might be a little bit intimidating, but um, it's so important um, for instructors to provide them. And if they're not, they're probably just not aware that that is a best practice when it comes to teaching writing, um, that that students need to have really clear kind of um, uh, a really clear understanding of how they're being graded. That is very interesting. I actually never thought about, you know, having creating a group or peer-to-peer -peer review session inside my class. And I think if students do really do that, it really shows a leadership. And I think that's really great. Yeah, it may not work in every class context. But um, if a student came up to me in one of my classes and said, I'm putting together a study group so we can kind of work on our writing, would you support that? I would say, are you kidding? Of course. <laughs> I, would be, I would be thrilled for that student um, and for everyone participating in it. And it would also just be a memorable thing about that student, you know? If, if anyone ever asked me about that student down the line, I'd say, oh yeah, that student really showed initiative um, mm -hmm. and helped kind of direct their own learning. So um, I would definitely encourage something like that. That is such a great insight from Professor herself. And I really do hope 
that students hearing this podcast is able to use these tips and advices and insights to, you know, make their learning experience even better. Moving on with our next question, um, what are some tips, final tips for students' success as they prepare for our autumn quarter and remote learning? So I think the advice I would give to students is the same advice I'm going to give to myself, (laughs) which is just to be as flexible and as patient as possible. I mean, we are all in new territory here. So it is my intention to have my class standards be as flexible as possible. Um, And also, you know, with everyone that I'm working with in my department. So I hope students will really prioritize their own kind of mental and physical well-being um, in autumn. And I can guarantee you that any uh, teacher worth his or her salt will understand and be supportive if a student comes to them and says, I need help, or can I please have an extension, or can can you work with me on this? Um, So I would really just encourage students to communicate with each other, with their professors, um, and be open and honest with themselves about what they um, are able to take on, because this is hard times that we're all living through right now. Thank you for sharing that. And we're running a little bit out of time. And before we go, I have one more question for you. Um, Is there anything you would like for our students to know that we did not talk about or or any um, last words for our students? I'll just briefly reiterate what I was saying before, which is that your teachers really care about you. And if you need help academically, psychologically, spiritually, Um, Your teachers can either help you directly or they can put you in touch with someone else who can. So take advantage of the many resources that um, are available to you here on campus. Or I should put that in quotes in the the virtual campus. (laughs) Thank you, Dr. Callow. I really appreciate you coming today and helping us answer all these important questions that would make our students, especially new incoming freshmen, feel a little bit less scared and maybe a little bit more confident and more approaching, more open-minded after hearing our podcast. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was my pleasure. Thanks everyone for listening. Today, Dr. Callow mentioned a lot of important tips from importance of checking the syllabus, having good email etiquette, and having VIA on during Zoom. She also mentioned that you shouldn't be intimidated to reach out to your professors because they are here to help, especially during times like these. We hope her advice would help you have a successful learning autumn quarter to find out more about Circle activities and other resources to support you during the quarter, please reach out to us by emailing us at uwcircle at uw.edu. Or you could stop by our weekly Zoom Circle chats or by joining any other schedule activities. We look forward to seeing you. That's all for now. Stay tuned. 
for our next podcast so you can stay in the loop.